Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, we are talking estate planning document review. Estate planning is a never-ending process punctuated with times to dive deep into the documents. We cover some key points to consider uh, around your goals, some mistakes we've seen along the way, as well as some tips around your digital estate. If you have any questions about any of the items discussed today, please reach out either by phone or email. My name is Garrett Smith, and we look forward to having you with us today. Welcome back. It's good to be back with you again. Thanks for listening. Today we're talking a little bit of estate planning, mostly high level of uh, and kind of document review. Um, there's obviously a lot more details in here. Attorneys step in in this area, but just kind of what maybe some common pitfalls that we see about what you think through when you're going through kind of your estate planning and document review time should be done regularly. But uh, it, it's one area that I think often gets uh, pushed to the side because it's not fun. <laughs> oh, well, tell me about it. I'm just in the process of reviewing mine and and you know, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but um, mine hasn't been updated for like over 20 years. Oh. <laughs> and I recommend a five-year minimum, five-year minimum. I mean, I have a special needs daughter, and uh, the, the time we did it last time, uh, we we left uh, my sister, um, because my, my kids were young at the time, and so we I left my sister in, in charge. Well, my sister that's in charge of her uh, currently has eight kids. And so it's probably not the best fit right now. Uh, plus my daughters have grown up. I mean, I have, uh, grandkids and I've got daughters that are in their, all my daughters are in their thirties. And so, you know, it, it definitely needs to be updated more often than every 20 years, especially if you're younger, you know, it, cause things, things change. Uh, even when you're older, though, probably a really good look at your estate plan at least every five years would be very appropriate. Yeah. You know, when you're younger, it's more about the kids. And when you're older, it's more about the dollars and the health. Right. It's exactly. Just, and all those are changing on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think uh, adding another another child to eight is probably one worth uh, yeah, reviewing. That's, definitely. Uh, definitely. And that's, that's kind of, you know, we, anytime we go into these, we always kind of start from that high level and then work into the details. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing to really settle on is just kind of, well, what do you, what do you want to have happen? You know, how do you want it to look? And, and this is, you know, what are, what are the goals? And this is everything from, you know, personal effects, dollars, investments, personal so, property. And this is, kids. this is what do you want to have happen in the event of your incapacity, or death, right? I mean, that's kind oh of, sure, yeah. That's kind of what we're talking about. Is just you know, what, what's the what's the goal? What do you want to see happen if if you if you can't you know function for yourself? Number one, and then number two, if you pass away, those are those are that's what estate planning is all about. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good clarification. You can't just I guess one day you could just wake up and say, well, you guys all decide and put that in writing and walk away. I don't I don't know. But yeah, that's that's true. That's when a big fat fight starts. (laughs) Well, and the more work you do of this ahead of the time in estate planning, surprises are never really a good thing. Right. Um, You know, I think there's 
obviously that's a, qu- a discussion we have a lot of times is when do you bring kids kind of into it, especially if you've got a higher net worth or a big nest egg, um, you know, particularly if you have young kids and, and you've done well, mm-hmm. um, that's a little bit trickier than as they get older. Um, cause a lot of times with life expectancies going up, a lot of times the kids don't end up needing the money by the time mom and dad go right. because they're getting ready to pass on stuff to their kids and grandkids too, which For is, sure. a, which is a good thing is, um, so, you know, it, it, like you said, this is always changing. Five years is a great number to have in mind because a lot changes in those five years, whether it's from kids or, or, or a health situation. And I think one, one conversation you have to have, particularly if you're a married couple is when should somebody step in if both of you happen to start mentally slipping at the same time? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you want that to be handled? Oftentimes, it's usually one then the other. Is right. How we see, but but occasionally it's it's you know both people kind of start to go at the same time, and and I think planning ahead and kind of going through those different scenarios. What if it's me? What if it's you? What if it's both of us together? Mm-hmm. You know, how do each of those work? Um, and kind of having that that discussion and. And I think this covers everything from, you know, where do you want to get buried to who do you want to make the health decisions? Right? Mm-hmm. Those, this, this includes every little detail you want to include. Yeah, there's a couple of really key players in an estate plan. And, and you touched on uh, on, it. you know, one of them is is who's your who's your health advocate? You know, um, most families have somebody that's a little more wired towards health and, and, uh, you know, what goes into making decisions and stuff like that. Then the other side of it is, is, is financial, you know, usually there's a family that has somebody that's a little more adept at, uh, you know, handling, handling family finances. And, and so those need to be carefully considered. And obviously you want to use somebody that knows you well and knows your, attitudes and and because uh, really their job is to make decisions in your behalf if you if you can't and um, so you know if one of the spouses who is more wired financially is the one that that starts to fade mentally um, the financial person might need to step in you know to kind of help that situation because uh, they might be better at handling the finances than, than the spouse is. And so, it, it, you know, you just have to look at everybody's situation is just a little bit different and just make sure that you, you kind of think through these uh, situations and, and make sure you, you, you put in writing kind of what you want to have happen. And then, okay, if I can't make this decision, who, who's best positioned to, to take care of that for me? Yeah, and I, I think this particularly happens, especially if you have charitable foundations or any estate planning trust type as, as you get over the um, estate limits, mm-hmm. you know, and that financial complexity just goes up exponentially as the dollars kind of go up. And and having that clearly about when somebody can step in uh, kind of alleviates a lot of the burden and uncertainty uh, if something were to happen. Right. And so I, I think that leads to just What's the ideal scenario? If you can, you know, lay that out in your head, who, you know, who handles it under what conditions and that, then that can all be documented right. and, and written down um, and, and the process of, of kind of triggering those events uh, in, in, in the event something were to happen. Because obviously death is a is clean cut, you, you know, but incapacitation gets, gets more difficult. You know, where's the line yeah. when somebody starts to slip? 
And, and that becomes far more difficult, um, especially if it happens at a younger age. You know, we've seen that happen people in their late fifties, early sixties. And, you know, you expect to have all this life in front of you, but mentally you're, you're already starting to go. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so working through, you know, if, if something were to happen, even in, in some younger years, um, you know, we all picture, you know, 80 and 90 year olds, but, but, you know, it does, that's not the case for everybody, I guess. Yeah. And I think the other complicating factor is, is that, um, estate tax laws are, you know, they're always changing. It's just, it's really hard to make a, a plan, um, and kind of have an idea of how everything's going to work. Um, and then the, the government comes in and, and kind of kind of changes things. We have a, a state tax law right now. It's, it's pretty generous. Uh, each person can leave, you know, 12 and a half, 13 million dollars, uh, per person to heirs without any estate tax. Now that's, that's a lot amount. So most of us are not affected by, uh, by the estate tax. Um, but the problem is, is that that, that law is going to change unless it's, you know, extended again in, in, uh, in about two and a half years, I think it's uh, 2026, it, it drops back down to, you know, under $4 million. And so with the value of homes and stuff like that, there's, you know, there's going to be a lot more people that are caught in the estate tax uh, in 2026 if, if Congress doesn't, you know, kind of renew the current levels. And we just don't know what they're going to do. It, it, it's going to depend on you know, who's in power and all the negotiations that go behind that. So you, you have to have somebody that that can, you know, kind of help. Um, they don't have to know all the laws and everything, but they have to be, uh, you know, competent enough to understand the changes that are coming and, and how to make a decision on for your behalf. And and for some some people, if you don't have somebody qualified in the family, you know, you should consider hiring a you know, putting a professional trustee on, you know, you can have an attorney or, or somebody like that, uh, trustee services that, that do this for a living. It costs, but if your state's large enough, you know, it might, might be worth considering doing that also. So that's another option. Yeah. I think with that sunsetting provision, right, that's an act of Congress at the federal level. Um, it's definitely something we're keeping an eye on. And even down to the point of how are people referring to it? Is it, is it an estate tax change or is it a death tax change? Yeah. And whether they call it one way or the other kind of, kind of starts to show what side of whether they're willing to raise it or just keep it at the lower level Mm because states for rich people over there, Mm-hmm. Death taxes is for all of us, you right? Know? And so, uh, but it's the same thing, right? And so, um, I think that's one area that, that that's definitely worth worth keeping an eye on. And and then on touching on professional services, if if you get a good person in there, it can be a great neutral third party, mm-hmm. particularly if you have kids or 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 more complicated situation. It's not something that we do. It's, right. it's, it's, yeah. it's not area, our area of expertise, but we do work with professional trustees and, and they're oftentimes a little more level-headed in, mm-hmm. in the event of, um, you know, maybe some, if you happen to have some kids that just can't get on the same page for whatever reason. Yeah, especially if you had, if you only had two kids and you didn't want to exclude one or the other, and you wanted them both to be trustees, I would definitely say, uh, put a professional trustee on there as a third party. That way, you know, we can just kind of keep thing on an even keel. You just don't want to, you just don't want your estate um, to divide the family. You know, it, it really, if, if it's, if it's, 
uh, properly structured, and then everybody kind of has an idea that it's it's fair for these reasons. Um, you know, it should keep the family together and not not be a, a big issue. It's when, you know, people, you know, somebody feels like they deserve more than another for whatever reason, and it's and it's not um, widely known in the family. That's when you know things kind of get a little bit tricky. Yeah, the the who is a is a really big considering factor mm-hmm. because you know sometimes it's cut and clean. You know, like on IRA, you can define these are the three people who want to have it. Third, third, third. You know, done. Right. But but there's a lot of things in estate settling that's just kind of fungible. Right. Um, you know, even even as appraisals come in, if you have some private property, that can. You know, do you get one or do you get three? Can you agree on which ones to use? And, you know, they're just little details that kind of always work their way through. And, and so the who is, is really important um, just, be, just because of all those little decisions that get made for the trust or for the, you know, settling of the estate. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think you highlighted this earlier, but it doesn't always have to be the same person. You know, the dollar person can right. be different than the health person that can be different from, you know, the child, you know, if you have children, the caretaker there, they can, you know, all these can be different people. Right. Um, if, if that's, you know, the, the best way to go. But like you said, likely in a few years, maybe they're not in a position to make that decision anymore. Maybe something's happened to them and you need to update your estate documents again as well. And so that's why this regular re- review is a good thing to do because I think we've seen this numerous. So if you can decide, this is what I want to have happen. These are the people that I want to have carry out in under these situations. Then you turn into the documents that you've had drafted by, by an attorney or from wherever you got them from and, and say, well, is it lining up with what I want? And I am surprised how often they don't line up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I think part of that, too, is just um, articulating to the attorney um, what you want. Like, like I mentioned, I have a special needs daughter, and, and we were in just actually just this week at the beginning of the week. And uh, I know you can set up special needs trusts uh, to, to provide, you know, uh, funding for special needs kids in the event of your death. And, and I just felt like I wanted to start funding that now. And, um, I, I, he didn't really kind of get where I was going, uh, at first because that's unusual. Most of, most of the time, uh, special needs trusts are just funded, you know, at death and, and that's all it was. And so it was a little bit of a twist for him. And I, I had to keep coming back to it and finally went, oh, you want to like do some gifting into it right now? And I said, yes, that's what I want to do. It'll kind of dilute my estate a little bit, provide some funding for uh, for my daughter. And and so, you know, you have to make sure that that you're articulating clearly because a lot of estate uh, attorneys, it's it's kind of a cookie cutter. You know, they have this this document and it just, uh, you know, they take one name out and put another name. In fact, I. I read one one time and they had not, they'd missed one of the names, you know, where it's supposed to, and it, it was, let's say it was for Dan Jones and, and Bill Smith's name was still in the document and they, they, nobody had caught it. And so you, you know, you just have to make sure that, that you're articulating exactly what you want and then read the document carefully when you're done. It is a little bit legalese, but, but, you know, you can get through and make sure that, that as you read it, 
it's it seems like the intentions that you have are are what's in the document right and i you know i think it, 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 there's usually a summary page or a summary yeah. section and you know that's going through that and making sure that that's all, all lined up that's usually the easiest part to read right um and uh and it's just if you have questions on it just go back with the attorney and get them cleared up you know it's easier to do it now this is not one area that you just want to kind of say i'll take care of it later because uh, you never know when that later is um or that later may never come is right. probably the better way to put it um, but I, I, I like your example there of just going back and forth with the attorney. You're saying it, having them repeat it to you and you saying it, just getting that dialogue back mm-hmm. and forth to make sure everybody's on the same page. Because they're the professionals that know how to put it into effect and, and write it in a way that it meets those goals. Right. As long as there's a clear understanding between you two. And that's, I think, where we've seen the most conflict happen is it just wasn't clearly communicated between the between the two people. Um, and, and so then that can get cleared up or easily changed. Um, as long as everybody's understanding it on the same page. Yeah. And so that's just, that's that document review of, of diving in there. And, and I think a few other things to look at too, that often get overlooked is maybe you've moved, maybe there's a different address, you're in a different state. Um, even down to, okay, you've, you've got your trustee, you know, you know who it is. You've told them, Hey, all the documents are in the file cabinet in the office, but you know, a few years ago you cleaned the office, there's no more file cabinet there. You know, where did they end up going? Mm -hmm. Just even stuff like that of just letting everybody know, you know, letting the trust, particularly the successor trustees know where the documents are, who the attorney was, because the attorney usually has a, maintains a copy right. of all these and, and just making sure those, those connections are made because changes are always happening. Um, and, and we didn't really dive much into insurances, but this kind of goes along all those lines as well of, you know, who's the insurance carrier to, to, to kind of help solve all those, you know, where do we file the paperwork and work through all those last pieces. And I think one last area to kind of highlight is that's becoming more and more of a problem is kind of our digital lives. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, part of that, what's the ideal is most of the time those goals overlook, well, what do I want to have happen to my digital, you know, passwords, if you've gotten into cryptocurrency or any of those, you know, even your online photo storage or your, your social media accounts, how do you want each of those to happen? Who do you want to have happen those decisions as well? Our digital lives are more integrated now than ever. And, and we're not going back. It's right. just happening more and more. And so part of all this, you need to be thinking through, well, who has the password to my email? Right. <laughs> you know, cause you likely, you don't have it written down somewhere <laughs> or, or maybe to your bank account or, mm-hmm. you know, those, those real strategic things. And so, you know, what is a good way to handle making sure somebody else can have access to all those, all those things or, or, or a way of getting access to them. Uh, so yeah, don't overlook the digital life because likely it's just never going away. Right. Yep. Good point. Well, I think that kind of covers everything. Decide what you want. Who do you want to have handle it? And then make sure the documents line up with those. And then don't forget about your digital life. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. Make sure you review it at least every five years. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit us at ascendinvestment.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode.
Kessler, Norman & Ride, LLC, DBA, Ascend Investment Partners is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.